This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. says that we moan, our body's growing, and we see her moaning, we think she's suffering. No, that's a new body. Her soul is ready to leave. It's like the same when a woman gives birth to a child, it's new life. When you see a Christian moaning, and you see that they're not conscious, and they're, they're so, no, a new life is about to birth out. Her soul is about to be and break forth and go to be with Jesus. So this is why we don't look at suffering, we don't look at pain, we don't look at death the way the world does. We have Jesus, we have hope. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul writes that our present suffering is but a minor affliction compared to the glory that awaits us in the presence of Jesus. In today's message about the rapture, Pastor Eddie wants to encourage you. Unless we are alive at the time of the rapture, we will all die. But the death we experience is simply a change of residence. We'll leave these broken and worn out bodies behind and instantly be in paradise with Jesus. No more suffering and no more heartache. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Rapture. Before you were born again, before you were saved, before you became a Christian, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says that you had the spirit of disobedience. You had the spirit of disobedience before you came to Christ. But now through Jesus Christ, we're born again. We have now the Holy Spirit in us to help us with our spirit to communicate. So we will walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, right? And so this is what guides us and leads us. And this is the part of us that we worship God. And unlike the body, here's what's important. Unlike the body, we put so much emphasis in the body, the world does. But unlike the body, the soul and the spirit is eternal. Is eternal. It will outlast your body for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Not billions, because I'm not an evolutionist. Okay? And it's going to be very soon. It's going to be very soon. And so, the body is not eternal but the spirit and the soul is, and that would outlast the body. However, however, it depending who's your God, it depending where is your faith, because there will be an end to a spiritual death, and that's the second death in the Bible. The first is the physical. The second death mentioned in the Bible is a spiritual death. Spiritual death is when the spirit of those who have the spirit of disobedience, okay, we used to have that, and have rejected salvation, have rejected Jesus Christ, will now be eternally separated from God. That is the second death. As a matter of fact, we find that in the scriptures. Those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will die twice. Physical death and the spiritual death. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. Jesus said to the church of Smyrna, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be heard by the second death. 
second death. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. It says, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. So it has no power of us. Blessed is us who has part in the first resurrection. What resurrection? Jesus' resurrection. We have a part of that. You understand? Because he rose from the grave, we rise from the grave. He said, over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's talking about the millennium reign before the final chapter 21 and 22, okay? And at the very end, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, unabominable, murderers, sexual immorals, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we have no control, whether you're a believer in Christ or not, we have no control over physical death. It is what it is when I get sick. I don't let it consume me. I don't let it bother me. It doesn't bother me because I know this is not forever. In fact... I want the glorified body. I'm not happy with my body. I'm not going to get plastic surgery or anything like that. It's not about the weight. But here's the thing. I know it's uncomfortable being sick, but here, we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to die of something you got sick from. Whatever it is. And I understand. Don't let it consume you. This is why I'm not worried about that. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with him. And so for me, I turn around my sick. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes uncomfortable, you know. I just turn it around and say, hey, all right. I'm making it little by little. Actually, when you see people, Christians who are moaning, that's why it says the flesh, it groans, it groans. The spirit groans. Why does it groan? Because, oh, oh, you know, they're dying. And you see a Christian dying. They're suffering. And Judy and I had the pleasure of knowing a godly woman and we were pastoring a church in East Harlem, and her name was Nilda, and, and she died in the Lord. She was going through chemo, and she would go in her little cart. She would go right through the streets of Harlem. She would go, and she would, with electric wheelchair, she could barely, you know, be awake. And she could see that the chemo was draining her body, but she was so faithful to come to church. She never missed church. And look at the excuses we have today. But she loved Jesus, finally went to her deathbed, and she was, she was dying. She was moaning. In the verse that it says that we moan, our body's growing, and we see her moaning, we think she's suffering. No, that's a new body. Her soul is ready to leave. It's like the same when a woman gives birth to a child. It's new life. When you see a Christian moaning, and you see that they're not conscious, and they're, they're so, no, a new life is about to birth out. Her soul is about to be and break forth and go to be with Jesus. Yeah, Lord. So this is why we don't look at suffering, we don't look at pain, we don't look at death the way the world does. We have Jesus, we have hope. So when our soul departs, we will be with Christ forever. The second death has no power over us because we've been born again. If we weren't born again, then we need to worry. That is why Jesus said you must be born again. In John chapter 3 verse 3, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he goes again in verses 5 and 6, he repeats it. He says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, meaning the flesh and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is why we must be born again. Jesus said, he said, you must be born again. He said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. I had people in my job, they were asking me, I said, yeah, you have to be born again. Where does it say that? And I said, I'm glad you said so. So I brought it in my Bible. I said, look, read it for yourself. Is it read to let you know that Jesus said it? It wasn't Billy Graham. It wasn't the Pope. It wasn't I who said this. Jesus said this. You must be born again. You must. He said must, and he said it again. He repeated, you have to be born again. Why? Because if you're not born again, you're going to die twice. You're going to die twice. And I've said it again. What born again is simply this. If I'm born of the flesh and of the flesh only, without being born again in the spirit, remember, this body is nothing. It's what's in here. If I'm not born again in the spirit, I'm going to be born physically, but I'm going to die twice physically. After being born physically, I'm going to die physically. And then the second death, I'm going to die again. But when we come to Jesus Christ, we're born again physically and spiritually. Spiritually, being born again, we only die once. Because when you're born again spiritually through Jesus Christ, you live forever with Jesus. You see? That's it come when you see Adam, God put Adam in a deep sleep. And out of his rib, a woman came out. That was the physical man. That was a physical birth. And people always say, oh, we're all children of God. We're not all children of God. We are God's creation. But what makes us different from those that God created is those who are born out of the rib of Christ. Remember when they speared Jesus at his side. What does it say? Blood and water came out. It's a symbol when a woman gives birth. What breaks first is the water bag. It's life right after that. We're born again. Born again through Jesus Christ. That's why it's important. But here's the good news. If you have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, and if you're actually listening to my voice, whether online or recorded, by God's grace, you're alive. You're alive by God's grace. But today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today, you have promised tomorrow. No, you cannot show me a piece of paper handed from God, written by his hands, and he's going to live to be a 100. No. You don't know when you're going to die. Anything can happen. We're having accidents. We're having earthquakes. And so many things can happen. But if you repent of your sin, accept Jesus Christ as Lord, a person, Savior, you will be born again because you're born again. You will not suffer the second death. That's what Jesus said to Smyrna, the church of Smyrna in Revelation. He who overcomes, he overcomes. That those who do not overcome would not be hurt by the second death. And so we're born again. When we die, we fall asleep, okay? And as the body sleeps, the soul departs to be with God. Those who are in Christ will be with God. Those who are not will be waiting for judgment. They will be waiting for judgment. But for us, as soon as we who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we're born again. Not being a Christian by tradition. Not being a Christian because your family is Christian or because you call yourself Christian. Because you come to church. There are a lot of people who come to church who are not saved. There are a lot of people who come to church who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of person say so you are not born again. But when we die, any one of us, if I die today, absent of the body in the presence of the Lord. That's what Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. He says this. 
We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be in the presence of the Lord with him. We will be with him. That's what happens. There's no waiting. There's no purgatory. The Catholics teach that. That is not biblical. That's not even in the Bible. There is something that Jesus speaks about is Abraham bosom. Well, that Christ went and he set them free. But there are those who are waiting right now. They're waiting and they will stand before God before judgment. The Bible said it is appointed man wants to die. After that, the day of judgment. You're not going to have a second life. You're not going to become a butterfly in your next life. You're not going to become a cow or whatever. No, that's not biblical. And let me tell you, a lot of people believe that nonsense. And that's why there's a lot of false teachings, even about death, burial, and cremation, and the soul and the spirit. I think if we really want to know the truth, we need to go to the source, God himself. That's why we study the word of God, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. So we won't miss anything what the Bible has to tell us. So the moment we pass away, we will be in the presence of the Lord. So those who are in Christ Jesus, those who their bodies have fallen asleep right now as we speak, they are in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're moving on. Verse 13. I got another hour anyway, no one. Just kidding. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We don't sorrow as the uh, people who have no hope. I, it's the saddest thing that I have to do is, is a funeral for unbelieving family, unbelieving. Sometimes I don't know the person who died, or sometimes I know enough to know, I say, well, you know, I really hope he accepted Jesus. But we have a hope, and it's not the hope that people think when you think about hope. Oh, hope is a wishful thing. Oh, I hope I hit the lottery. I hope I... No, that's not a biblical hope what you and I have. We have a biblical hope, a hope with an expectation. It's expecting that something good is going to happen because God said so, and he keeps his promise. So our hope is different. Our hope is an expectation, and it's all based and rests on Jesus Christ. So again, one of the saddest things is that people don't believe in God and there's a funeral because they don't know. They have no idea what happens after death. And one of the biggest lies, the biggest lies, and I tell you right now, the biggest lies are when people say everybody goes to heaven. That is really a mockery of the cross because if everybody go to heaven, Jesus wastes his time to suffer on the cross. He left his throne in glory to die on the cross for the sins of the world so that you don't have to go to hell. People always say, well, why does God send people to hell? Well, that question assumes that God does send people. He doesn't send people. He came down the cross so people won't go to hell. People go to hell by their own choice. People go to hell by rejecting the only way from hell, the only way of salvation is through Jesus Christ. So we have a hope. We have a hope. We, we know that when we die, it's celebration. It's celebration. I don't want a sad funeral. I want to worship. I want to have, man, I'm going to put that on, make sure we have a band. I want a heavy metal Christian band. No. I want people to celebrate. Listen, I didn't die. I passed on. I'm going to be in heaven. It's all these people are sorry. Cry for yourself. <laughs> Jesus said when he was carrying the cross, he said, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves. Celebration, I'm in heaven. That's what it's all about. The biggest lie is when people say, everybody go to heaven. You know, good people don't go to heaven. I said that once in my mother-in-law's funeral, and one of my relatives got upset because she lost someone. I had no idea who was there. 
And the reality is, good people by what definition? The only people that make it to heaven, those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who have been born again. It's the only one that has nothing to do with good. So we don't sorrow like the world does. However, we do cry, and there's nothing wrong. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He knew he was going to resurrect him. But when Mary came to him and said, oh, if you would have been here, he says, I am the resurrection. He weeped. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept, two words. Why did he weep? Because of death and what he's doing to people. He didn't weep because he was going to miss Lazarus. He's going to see Lazarus. But, you know, sad. Lazarus, I would have said, Jesus, you could have left me there. I got to die again. <laughs> you know, good thing there was only one Lazarus in the grave because he imagined there were five of them. All five would have come out. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forward. Poof. But Lazarus came out. We sorrow because we're going to miss them. We're going to miss them. That's okay. We don't sorrow what's going to happen to them unless you know for sure they reject Jesus. They don't want God in their lives. You see, we know what's going to happen. You know, Augustine of Hippo, he's known as St. Augustine. He was around from 354 AD to 430 AD. He writes in his book, The City of God, and he writes that the Greco-Roman world believed that circular process without an end, believing that things will happen over and over again without any ultimate meaning. And that's what some people even believe in the world. It's going to keep on, it's just a cycle of life. There's going to be a time. The Bible tells us that not even this world is going to be the same. God's going to judge the whole world. That is not the case for the believer in Jesus Christ. We have hope in Jesus, and our hope is beyond the grave. Listen, our hope is beyond the grave. We think, okay, I'm a Christian. This is great, and I'm going to do as much as I can before I die. You know? Yeah, that's great, but you think that's where it ends. No. We're going to be with Jesus forever. I don't know if that means anything to you. Our hope is beyond the grave. Not only here, yeah, we have hope in Christ and we live based on that hope while we're here, but our hope is beyond the grave. That's not the case for the world. So it's beyond the cemetery. It's beyond whether people want to be cremated. It doesn't really matter. To be absent of bodies, to be in the presence of the Lord. Verse 14, well, we made it to the next verse. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, that is why we're here. We believe Jesus to be the son of the living God, the Messiah, the Mashiach. He would come, and he would be crucified. He would die on the cross, and he will rise again on the third day. We believe that he rose. We believe in his resurrection. We believe in his resurrection because that's important because with his resurrection, he conquered sin and death. The second death that we deserve, he conquered that death so you won't have to die again. He conquered sin and death. That is why he left his throne in glory, to die on the cross so that we too will have eternal life. In Romans chapter 8 verse 11, it says this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in your heart, this is important, this is powerful, he who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. It's in you. 
And so our hope is beyond the grave. He says in verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who will sleep in Jesus. So this is the rapture when Christ descends from heaven. We're not talking about his final coming, the second coming, his judgment, where he's going to set foot on the earth. No, he's not. He's going to descend from heaven. And when he descends from heaven, it's going to be a shout. We're going to see that. And those who had died in Christ before the rapture, their bodies will be raised up, and he will come with them. They're going to be raised. So Jesus is going to descend, so you won't confuse yourself. And those who have died already are going to come with him. It says it. And even so, God will bring with him those who slept in Jesus. Those who died in Christ, Jesus is going to come. They're going to be right behind Jesus. Yes, let's get together. Jesus is going to call a shout. He's not going to set foot on earth. That's later on. That's after the tribulation. And he's going to call. They're going to be raptured. Their bodies are going to be raptured, and we're going to be raptured with them. Now, let's look at this word rapture. There are people who protest and say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. I say, well, you're wrong. It is in the Bible, depending what version you're reading. And I'm talking about the different English versions, like ESV, NLT, NIV, I'm talking about the language. If you had the Bible in the Latin, the Latin Vulgate, you'll find it there. You read the word raptus. Raptus. That is the word that they have for our English word. We're going to see in a minute. But in the word raptus in the Latin Vulgate Bible, revised by Jerome, uh, during the second century, 200 AD, the Bible was written in Latin. And around 400 AD, Jerome actually revised it. The word rapture is in there. And that's the earliest version that we have available. It's the one that was revised by Jerome. And the word raptus is in there. And the actual wording is, we shall be raptured with them. So that's where we get our English word, rapture. That's where we get our English word, rapture. So the word is rapture is there. It's just in the Latin Vulgate. And we kind of adopted that. So people will say, well, that was in the 400s. That's a new idea. No, it's been happening since even in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We're talking about this rapture. We're all going to be caught up to be with God. Now, drop down to verse 17. Let's look at verse 17 to see our word or words. In verse 17, it says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up. Do you have your Bible? Underline the two words, caught up. It says, we shall remain, we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The word caught up is the word harparzo in the Greek. Harparzo, what does it mean? It means snatch away. It means to seize. It means to take violently by force. That's the same definition of raptus. So we have adapted the word rapture because in our English language, there's not a single word. We have to use two words for caught up. In the Greek, it's harparzo. In the Latin Vulgate, it's raptus. In the English, it's caught up. I'd rather say rapture, okay? So people get into all kinds of semantics. They think, listen, it's going to happen. Whether you want to use that word or not, just say, okay, caught up. We're going to be caught up with the Lord. And the harparzo is mentioned four times in the New Testament. So same definition, one day, one day, very soon, we will, all of us who have repented in Jesus Christ, we will be raptured, caught up. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and applicable things in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Toward the end of this book, there are some verses that might be viewed as a test or a challenge depending on what you're going through. The author of this letter, the Apostle Paul, 
says to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Do you have much to be thankful and grateful for today? Be reminded that Jesus coming back someday is the greatest reason to rejoice. It's a hope that you can hold on to when the rest of the world is hopeless. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition of Running the Race.